There now follows a podcast from the Damien Gen World Service here in London as part of their Not Just Crew COVID-19 season. This audio production has been produced in association with Air Support International Airways. And I think that's the equivalent of the A-levels in the UK. And I finished that when I was around 16. And I went to college and I studied tourism, languages and business. And... Then I saw an advertisement for Ryanair and I said, oh, do you know what? I'll go and do that and I'll do it for a year. <laughs> and yeah, as, we all do. as we all do. Yeah. And I will travel around Europe and won't it be grand and I'll come back and I wanted to do nursing. So a year happened and a year and a half I stayed at Ryanair and then I went into working for a charter airline. And then I went to, they sadly went bust, and I went to Aer Lingus. Mm. I always wanted to work for Virgin. Um, it was Well, hello and welcome to a, a brand new uh, series called uh, Return uh, Sector. It's when we get a chance to uh, speak to guests uh, on previous shows that we didn't have a, a chance to touch on all the points that we particularly wanted to uh, talk about. Well, on this uh, very first uh, episode, I'll be speaking to uh, Sabina uh, Moyland. You may remember uh, she worked for uh, uh, many airlines, Ryanair, Aer Lingus, and 10 years at Virgin Atlantic. Well, apart from that, she had always had a, a massive love of uh, sport and rugby in particular, and she started refereeing with the uh, Monster uh, Rugby Association of uh, Referees in 2012. Uh, later, sadly, she was injured and had to uh, bow out. Uh, but this wasn't before she had the honour of being the uh, first Irish woman to officiate a game uh, for the uh, Rugby Football Union at Twickenham, and this was in uh, 2013. Well, after this injury, uh, she also went into uh, rugby uh, correspondence alongside uh, flying uh, for ruck.co.uk. She took a sabbatical from Virgin in 2017 and went working for the uh, Connect uh, Rugby as their uh, match day uh, manager and operations executive. Uh, she was in this role for 18 months before returning to uh, Virgin. Uh, as she says in her own words, an exciting role, managing, organising and running all their Pro 14 and ESPCR home games. Uh, she's now a, a rugby correspondent for hersports.ie that focuses on the importance of women in our society. Well, during that last episode, um, I didn't get a really chance to go into in-depth of what achievement it was to referee at uh, Twickenham for any anyone, male or female. And uh, she seemed so modest. And she was also amazed me in the fact that how quickly she sort of seemed to get over the uh, pain of uh, redundancy. And I sort of wanted to just touch on whether that was uh, a result of her focus on sports and the disciplines of sports. So uh, have a listen. Uh, apologies for the sound quality on my point of view. Um, internet seems to be playing up during these COVID-19 times. Uh, but Sabina's voice is absolutely perfect. But have a listen, and we'd love to hear your comments. Let's touch briefly on how, quick, uh, how you got involved in being cabin crew in the uh, first place. Um, I suppose I I finished school quite early. So in Ireland, you do your leaving certificate. And 
I think that's the equivalent of the A-levels in the UK. And I finished that when I was around 16. And I went to college and I studied tourism, languages and business. And then I saw an advertisement for Ryanair. And I said, oh, do you know what? I'll go and do that. And I'll do it for a year. <laughs> and yeah, as, we all do. as we all do. Yeah. And I will travel around Europe and want to be grand. And I'll come back. And I wanted to do nursing. So a year happened, a year and a half I stayed at Ryanair and then I went into working for a charter airline and then I went to, they sadly went bust and I went to Aer Lingus. Mm -hmm. I always wanted to work for Virgin. Um, it was always something I wanted to do. And I applied in 2008 and I think the economy crashed. So um, they put us in a holding pool and said six months. So I just kind of said, oh, that's the end of that pipe dream. And I was very lucky to get the job after first interview. Um, and so I was on a beach in Aruba and I got this email from Virgin in 2009, 2010. Would you be interested in coming back for was another interview? I can't really remember. And um, I said, yeah, and got the job and I started and loved every minute of it yeah so i have the try the flying bug yeah no of course now it's amazing uh, how many of us do say we're only going to stay for a year mm -hmm. and it seems to stretch out say so I'm, I'm probably coming up close to uh 25 uh years years now wow I must admit, that has gone so so quickly I mean, considering i've got daughters uh in their 20s now and uh they've never known me to do anything different in oh. fact, this last year in lockdown has probably been quite a strange experience for them having me here uh, all the time. Anyway, thank you once again. Thank you so much for coming on. As you know, the live show seems to go so so quickly, uh, so we don't want a, uh, a chance to uh, uh, chat really. Um, you first came to my attention, or no, I have totally blown with you when I saw one of your um, your um, Facebook posts. Okay. Uh, about about yeah views yeah. That uh, you weren't being, um, or you were sort of being criticised uh, for your, your knowledge on, yeah. on rugby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, do, do you remember that post? And if so, could, could you sort of give me a bit more of the uh, history behind it? Yeah, that actually wasn't too long ago, Trev. I think that was about a month and a half ago. And yeah, it was. Yeah. And about, yeah. It was some. It was on a rugby, a well-known rugby page, but I won't mention it. But um. It was about a refereeing decision, and I agreed that the decision was wrong. That somebody was saying that they felt the decision was wrong, and I just said, "Yeah, I I completely agree." And someone commented, um, uh, "Don't mean to be rude, but what would you know about refereeing?" And yeah. um, and as I was the only female person on that, now this is not the first time. I most certainly won't be the last time. Um, so I quoted well quite a bit actually and listed everything at what I uh, have achieved and he kind of backtracked then and I was like but this it's just so sad that this is the sort of mindset that you look at a woman and think well sure what would she know about rugby or what would she know about sport and it's actually getting worse I've noticed that it's getting worse and there was an incident over here in Ireland with the ladies Gaelic football team that happened at the weekend that their semi-final was totally disregarded and um it was just a it was just horrific how they were treated at the weekend so 
I actually find it's getting worse. Um, even though there's so many good uh, websites like hersport.ie that I do the rugby correspondence for highlighting the importance of women. But this ignorance is what stops young women and young girls getting into the sport because they're like, well, why should I? Why should I bother? Because I'm just going to be met by ignorance. And yeah. it's embarrassing because, you know, I, I won't say like so many of my peers in rugby were fantastic and it really gave me the encouragement that I have needed over the years because it's not an easy industry. Sports is not an easy yeah. industry. It's cutthroat. You're, you're winning games one week and you are losing the next week. And what I, I found weird about the whole thing was um, you never really enjoyed it when you were in it. Does that make sense that how... No, it, it, it does. It's uh, almost like flying sometimes. Yeah. When you, you, you see people think it's going to be amazing and not enjoy it as much. But as I said, you, you just sort of mentioned there that you think it's getting worse. Why do you think uh, it's, it, this is happening? I mean, we're, we're sort of uh, pretty close to 2021 now. And, um, you know... Yeah, what, what, I yeah, do. What, I feel it's getting worse. Well, yeah, Maybe I mean, because people have more time with their hands actually, and their frustration. It became better and it's just simply gone downhill what, what's your thinking behind that yeah yeah I find that it's it's you know it's it was like I think a lot of what they're saying about women in sports is lip service I don't actually believe that a lot of these organizations that promoted actually believe that uh, we should be equal and we should be I think a lot of it is ticking the box and yeah, we have to do it for equal rights in the EU and all this, but do we really care? No, that's the impression I get. And that's what I've experienced. And I don't, I've, I yeah. feel it's very disingenuous, not genuine at all. It's, it's just, it's just and a, so facade, a facade of aesthetics. Because, that's what I believe. Uh, that's what I do believe. It's being shown on, on TV and that they're starting to resent it. And is it the I say the professional, well, I mean, the organisation as well as the supporters uh, resented it, or is it one faction more than the other? I think it's a mixture of both, because I firmly believe that you lead by example and that a positive culture has to come from the top. And if that's not coming from the top of an organisation, it's not going to be at the grassroots. And I think at the top in mm. sporting organizations, that's where the toxicity is um, regarding women in sports. And until that changes and until more women um, get into those um, head roles and it stops being jobs for the boys, um, that's when it's not going to change because it's the same mindset and the mindset breathes the same mindset. And if you're stuck in that closed mindset, you are always going to filter that on to your team. And I feel a, a huge overhaul needs to be done in many sporting sectors around the world. It's not just rugby. It's not just football. It's not just Gaelic games. It needs to be done everywhere. And there really needs to be women involved more at the senior and top level to make these changes. And I think the male sides would be far more successful if they had a woman leader in their team as well you know in their backroom team taking yeah, yeah, no, charge you know because we see things differently 
And we totally do. And we manage things differently. And you give us any challenge we go. I'm not saying that no man can do that. Of course they can. And they always do superbly. But I feel for culture to change, yeah. Yeah. they what, have what to think, uh, like uh, dilute the team. Uh, Brady has definitely um, on football. In fact, I think she's actually the sports minister in the, in the UK now. Um, do you think she was a power for good? And, and why, if she was, why do you think it stopped with her? Because I mean, say she was literally chairman of uh, two clubs, I think, Birmingham City. Was it Birmingham City? I'm going to make myself look really silly here. But I know, I know she was definitely a, a, a chairman uh, or chairperson, sorry, of uh, quite, quite a high-ranking high club. Um, are, are you aware of her in, in, uh, in ERA? Yeah. No, I'm not too sure about her actually, and and you know what, I do hear of a lot more women like in um Australia. Their their head person was a female, and I believe she's moved on to New Zealand. So you know that there is certain um sports that are recognised women more. So I do find in soccer that they are um more open to have head women at the top women at the top because um i was actually going to do my sports right. management masters with the johan cruyff institute and yeah so i got accepted to do that pre-covid and um that was mainly based and they were so keen to get me on board because they wanted more females from the rugby aspect because they didn't have any on their courses and it was based around the new camp stadium and your work placement would be with uh, in and around Barcelona, um, the football club and things like that. And it's fantastic that they're, I just feel the UEFA are far more open. That's how I feel because they want more and more. I think in rugby, we have, it is open, but it needs to be open a lot more. And I really think there should be more women in senior management, CEO roles in rugby. I really do, do feel they should, or team management happen, and coaching, definitely. In the, uh, next decade? Or even less than that, hopefully? I think the next 10 years, yeah. I think I don't think it's going to be sooner because it's just what I've experienced in the last year, that it, it just this mindset, this closed mindset. Um has come out of the woodwork now I know 2020 has been so bad for everybody but when sporting yeah, yeah. came sports came back it was our, our only lifeline for so long you know and to knock women playing sports or having any involvement in sports when that was my only lifeline you know I just I, think it's I, rather I know disgusting we've had and ignorant. When we did the live but I mean I've got three daughters um I've always taken to rugby this is where I get hissed at when mm. I uh, tell the audience that I'm a uh, uh, a Saracens uh, supporter, but you know, it's the fact that so many times, and, and do you know what? It never even Sorry. dawned yeah. on me. It didn't even cross my mind that it was um, there was anything wrong with with the female team. I, you know, I I I loved it. I I supported them. I, you know, I in fact I was in admiration because um, you know, it, it's it's quite a physical sport. Something I had to give up many many uh, years ago. So I, I must admit. When when I first saw this post, I was uh, I was actually quite 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 shocked with that. In fact, I I think I contacted you pretty pretty quickly after that, and, and it's 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 a real shame. Um, but it's, mm -hmm. but the thing is, I mean, you, you've had 
quite a career in, it in rugby um, as, as it is. Um, I'm going to say you were the first Irish woman to officiate a game uh, for the Rugby Football Union at Twickenham. Um, now, you say that so naturally, but that is an am- absolute mm-hmm. amazing uh, a- a- achievement. Uh, how, how, did, how did that make you feel? How much notice um, you. W- were you given? How did it feel when you first walked out on the pitch? Did you feel the pressure on you um, in certain decisions, or were you, did you feel t- totally free to make, make your own decisions and rulings? Um, I felt I felt totally so I was assistant referee so I felt totally accepted and it's funny with the rugby football union I've I've developed such a good friendship um, within the organization I have to say they're a fantastic bunch of people um, good friends Alex Murphy Tracy Mike Andrew so many Richard so many good people there Um Jason Leonard, uh, that just really accepted me with open arms, and I'm forever grateful for the starts they've given me, the supports they they've given me. Even you know in this last year when I have found it um, definitely challenging, uh, I struggled with this year, um, yeah. and I do think I had to dig deep. And I had to dig deep to the sporting side of me because when you're involved in that, you can't take offended. Like, yeah. I think as cabin crew anyway, we're not easily offended. But when you're in sports as well, you're like when you're on, like I was on the sideline every day, every weekend in Connacht and you're part of that team and you're part of that structure. And when they're getting booed, you're all getting booed because you're all part of that management structure. So not that that ever happened, but we you know people would be upset and they'd they'd vent their anger and you person you personally feel it, but you have to have to have a strong backbone. And I found with working with Connacht, like I used to say to the coaches, they do such long hours. So any yeah. rugby coach is so admirable the hours they do, fifteen, sixteen hours a day, every day. And I used to say, oh, it's great now. You can celebrate a win. They're like, no, we don't celebrate. Straight back to the office. We don't celebrate a win because we're focused on the next game. So they never celebrated their victories. And I found that strange that you can go through your life in a sport you love and never feel that sense of fun. So when I was refereeing before that, I I always enjoyed what I was doing. And the people I met really made um made it such a journey for me a positive experience and Twickenham was just surreal for me you know when the RFU sent me the invite letter um would you officiate for us and I was like that would be fantastic and um, do you know we partied all weekend a letter arrived and anyway I mean had you even been given a, uh, an inkling that this was going to happen or did it literally come out of the blue Oh. literally came out of the blue lovely Alex Murphy um, I was he invited me to a game I think it was England France and he took me on a tour and he says oh I have a letter for you and I goes really and we were just outside were we just outside yeah. the players dressing room in Twickenham and he goes yeah he said this is for you and he's such a lovely man and he said 
would you do us an honor? And I was like, oh, oh, my God, I couldn't believe it. I was like taking a picture. I was like, I nearly floored. He's such a lovely, lovely person. And I'd be forever grateful because that's something I've yeah. done and I've achieved my my victory. So um, it was just <laughs> such a positive experience from start to finish. Oh, and, you I, know, I, I just I, remember I, the party. I, well, and, I can so imagine. <laughs> and even though it's in the past, I'm still excited for, for, for you now. It's, uh, <laughs> you, you, you know, I've. Sadly to say, I've only <laughs> really, I've never really turned up at Twickenham sober. So, um, you know, because I, I, I love the atmosphere of it, but it, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I just think that must have been an amazing, amazing experience. So, I mean, after that, um, I think it was 2012 that you, you said you, you were injured and had to, uh, in your own words, uh, bow out of uh, referee. What, what, what happened with the injury? Was it um, rugby related or did it happen off the bench? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um. So yeah, it's a it's a bit of a complex story on that one. But uh, yeah. Um. So my rugby days. So, so when I finished in twenty twelve, well, I didn't officially finish. You see, so because I went in, I I was ref trying yeah. to remember. I went refereeing in twenty thirteen for Twickenham, and then I was going back. So. So when I finished in 2012, I didn't officially finish. I got an Ill, sorry, it was an illness I got then. Sorry. Um. So then I went back, and then I, I think I fully gave it up in 2015. I think around then, it seems so long ago, and you get so mixed up with the days because I, I kind of didn't leave, but I did leave, and then I went back. So yeah, so yeah, that was a knee injury, and it's still bothering yeah, me to I, this I, day. Do you know what? I, so I think knee injury must <laughs> um, be the top percentage of. Uh, rugby players injuries as well as referees if it's going to get anyone it, 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 it's, it's yes they are uh, oh no no yeah and you can never so fix how does that make you feel I mean you, you, I mean you had your highlight years at Twickenham and then all of a sudden your knee injury got the better of you I mean how, how did you deal with it obviously I can imagine how you felt you must have felt devastated but, but how, how did you deal with that I'm the kind of person I don't sit and dwell. I and I, and you know when I watch back the podcast about you know when you were saying how did I feel about you know finishing up a virgin and and you yeah, you yeah. asked how long did it take me and I said two days, but it, it I didn't, didn't well, we're, we're, sound we're arrogant or amazing. <laughs> I I felt like because I know a lot of people are struggling and suffering and I tell you I did struggle um with this year I really did but it just goes back to being yeah. sporty yeah. and digging into that and I think I've always I've always bounced back no matter I've had some really hard knocks in my life a lot a lot of people I've always bounced back because I've always yeah. I always think there's somebody worse off than me and that's an old Irish saying and you know if I can walk and talk and I'm somewhat helped some bit healthy and I can go and have fun. Sure, what am I complaining about? Yeah. You know, that's how I feel. Um, so I've I've always done that all my life, but I have to say that that was devastating. So then I went into rugby correspondence and I loved every minute of that. And then when I joined Connacht, I had to give that up. I wouldn't have had time yeah, anyway yeah. because the days are just so long. Um, and then I got back into that when I went back to Virgin. But I have to say, I've found this year more the most challenging yeah, I, I, year I of my life, really. I don't really. think you're alone in that. I mean, I've been on this uh, fair earth a, 
way longer than no. you. You're being such a youngster. And, uh, you know, I've seen some major yeah. events in my life. But, but, but this year, yeah, it's, it's a, a most surreal year. Um, hopefully it will go back to whatever the old mm-hmm. normal was, whether it will or not. But yeah, but it's yeah, it's um, mm-hmm. you're certainly not alone in that. It's um, it has been a strange year, and to be to be fair, I, I'm really looking forward to this year being over. Uh, you, you know, so I mean, it, and it has yeah, tested totally. even the strongest amongst us in spirit and and will. But um, you know, I mean, you mentioned that podcast, but no, I think you really cheered us up on that. It, it was it was it was quite refreshing to hear. Um, oh, because I'm usually quite yeah. good at getting back up quite quickly. In fact, I, I might have even mentioned this on the podcast, so apologies if you heard it before. But it's only when somebody said to me, oh, do you think if, when Andy Murray loses a game, he thinks, oh, I just want to give the whole thing up. No, he just works out where the, the stakes are and what he can do sort of uh, better next time. But no, that was a, a very, mm-hmm. a very uh, refreshing uh, answer on that. And, and it's good. It's good. Certainly, certainly not uh, arrogant. Can I just go back really quickly? You know, with um, the referee, is is that do you get paid mm-hmm. for that, or is that purely yep. um, um, element of uh, in, in essence? Um, is it a paid job, or is it pure purely amateur, just like the old rugby union? It's it's um it's not paid. No, your expenses are paid, but it's not paid. It's when you get offered um a full IRFU contract, which they've only brought in yeah. the last two years, um to have professional referees, um and there's about ten now. Uh, I know look, I know a couple of them that were in um Munster with me. So Johnny Lacey, Andy Brace. Join Neville, so they were all in Munster with me. So Run- Munster has the most um, professional referees yeah. and most successful referees. Um, I'm not being biased saying that, but they have the most on the panel and the most with international um, recognition. And you know what? If you want to change in your life, it's definitely the, the way to go. And, you know, I would say that to any yeah. kid growing up, sport is is everything because it'll open so oh, many doors for you. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, especially when you're, so I was a little different because, you know, <laughs> here's a Virgin Atlantic hostess referee. Lovely. Um, you know, you kind of look at the, yeah, the dynamics of it. You're like, no, really? Don't underestimate don't that story. That. that is a really, really good story. That is brilliant. It is. It's, such a funny story and how I met the RFU is an even funnier story <laughs> so like I was actually going to work at a I think I probably spoke about this in our podcast that they were on our yeah. my flight to London um from Shannon and uh that's how the friendship sparked so there I was in my little Russia the Russia uniform at the time um virgin uniform and how you meet these people they look at you because you they see one thing and then yeah. you explain the other part of you so it's quite funny it's quite refreshing and you know it's always my best friend dear Rose says you know that's the selling part of oh, it you're just different you know it's just and, and it's and funny no, like I, it is honestly, funny I, i'm very very impressed with that uh, especially especially as um as you say you know 
you were taken out by an injury, which is not unusual in rugby anyway. But to go on to become a, a rugby correspondent, uh, especially, especially with uh, ruck.co.uk, I mean, that, 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 that is amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and hersport.ie. Um, had you written before? Uh, what sort of editorial control uh, did you have? And furthermore, what was it like seeing your sort of article in print for the first time? It was amazing because I I never wrote before, but I always was quite good at it in school. And my my English teacher wanted me to study um, English in university. And I was like, no, not for me. It just came naturally. And um, so when I got in, I was like, I was trying to figure out how to get back into the sport because I felt really sad missing it. And I wrote my first article for Last Word on Sport and that took off like that went through the stratosphere. I wrote that about Connacht Rugby um, getting into the final of the Pro 12 at the time and it was their first time and then they went on to win it. And that really that article was shared so many times and spoken about so many times and cross referenced. So that really landed me in it and then it was just offers then after that would you write for us would you write for us and I really enjoyed it and I really so when I joined Connacht I wasn't allowed write so um I really missed it what 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 was Um, that was that because of a conflict of interest yeah they said it was a conflict of interest um but then how do I put this politely? But then there was other people in the organization that were allowed yeah. to do it. So, um, yeah, that that left a sour taste in my mouth because, you know, I was just as good as them. So it, why were they allowed to do it? And I wasn't. So I, I stopped for about two years and I'm only really getting back into it now because you should build it all back up and have to say her sport yeah. are fantastic um so you know we've more stuff going out exciting stuff um in the new year so it's just i love doing that i love doing the match reports i love interviewing the players i love getting down to the nitty-gritty of the sport and i'm very lucky to know um a lot of professional players who helped me along that road so it's it's just a fun environment you know um no stress yeah so and, it's all good and, and how do you sort of interview the players is it um well, I suppose this year it's been done sort of over the phone or, or using a platform uh, like, like this. But as I say, I mean, you, you enjoy the interviewing yeah. side? Yeah, I enjoy the interviewing side because I love just having a chat. My interviews not very are not very, um, say, structured that you have to ask this and this and this. I just I just try and make it as a chat because as cabin crew, we can yeah. talk to the wall anyway. Um <laughs> It's not it's not a hard task to be able to talk. Um, but the art of conversation is very yeah. hard. So I think that comes naturally to you and I, yeah. Trevor. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, like like you, I mean, I literally talk to anyone about anything for for a very very long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's funny in my new job in the clinic and I just uh, I just talk to all the patients about everything I know everything about yeah. their life by the time yeah. they leave well, the staff are looking at me going how would you figure all that I was like it, they just tell you like they just tell you everything yeah, do, do you think it's a uniform they just think they can just 
you know, they see it's official and sort of it just all all comes out. They just honestly, some of the stories I, I, I've heard, and I thought I only met these people about five minutes ago, and they're probably telling, telling me more, yeah. and they probably had their their, their own uh, their own family. Yeah, I think we're good as crew. We're very good sounding boards, and I'm. It's great that I'm able to transition that into my new job that you know it's all about talking and getting to know people and you know I suppose people getting on planes they're nervous about flying and when they're coming into a hospital they're nervous as well so um it's all about making people feel at ease and I think it's very important to have that gift to the gab um especially like it's crew like the things we were talking about in the middle of the night across the Atlantic <laughs> well yeah yeah definitely a few stories to be told <laughs> You know when you um you took a sabbatical from Virgin, uh, to, you know, from, yeah. uh, you know to concentrate being a match day operations uh, executive. Um, how did mm-hmm. firstly, how did your employer take that of Virgin, and um, was 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 that a paying role as well? Yeah, so that was uh, so I left Virgin. I had to leave. Um, I wanted to take unpaid leave, but it wasn't an oh, offer at the time. So I left and I, so that was, that job was um, a very senior jo- job in Connacht. And yeah, it was an interesting role. It was, um, you basically done everything. Yeah. So <laughs> it was very interesting. And what I learned so much from it, I learned so, so much. And um, I'm grateful for the experience and I'm grateful for to work with a professional rugby team and it was a dream come true for yeah, me yeah. Um, when I wanted to go back to Virgin I was lucky enough to get back in again Um, so you know I, I left on good terms and I thought I would stay in Connacht for the rest of my life but it's just a hard industry it's you never felt joy yeah. really yeah. Um, like you did, like I, I did, but then when people around you are not, you're kind of like, oh, okay, am I like doing something wrong that I'm not, yeah, I'm not sad. Yeah. Why should you be sad? You just won, you know. Well, I mean, your, your CV must look uh, absolutely amazing now. Um, are you able to tell us what, what you're doing at the moment? Yeah, so right now I am... Running a clinic in Galway, um, it is a medical aesthetics clinic, and it it's fantastic. Um, they was they set up two years ago, and they're really, really such a fantastic business. And because it's medical aesthetics as well as um cosmetics, it's 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 super busy and. Because it's medical side, they were able to open during lockdown. So I started it in lockdown. And it's so much from our job as crew is in my new role, people management, schedule management, um, just looking after patients. Um, it's a really, really nice place to work, really nice vibe. Yeah, really enjoying it. I, I landed on my feet with that, considering the um, climate that's out there at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Well, as we say, it's going to be. Well, it'd be interesting to see how long it takes to get back to. Um, I know we said it earlier, but to whatever normality is at the moment. All right, okay. Well, as usual, we've uh, we've. Well, I've run over. My fault, not yours. 
Um, these usually last about 20 25 minutes, but we've gone way over that because that's what you love your story. Um, I was going to say one thing I should, have you ever thought about doing your own podcast? Um, I actually, yeah, I actually have. Um, but I guest on a lot of podcasts, um, at the moment, so I probably wouldn't have time. And the clinic is so busy, um, I'm probably wouldn't have time if I was flying I probably would have more time Trevor yeah um but uh when you're working every day you kind of find hard to fit things in like even to get to Pilates class or something Sabrina thank you so much for uh, joining us it's been lovely to hear uh, a more deeper version of, of, of your story on this uh, uh new series of return sector honey uh, not just crew once again, thank you so much for uh, joining us, and uh, we'll follow your uh, your story with interest. Thank you very much. Thank you, Trevor. Thank you. Trevor. Thank you. Bye. podcasts for future episodes please contact us at hello you at notjustcrew.me